Never mind. On the two technical issues, but that happens. And uh, yeah, so yeah, great just to see those contributions from varying people for the Together exhibition. And uh, yeah, just the creativity uh, representing what it means to be together. And we're really thankful that God places us in families. He places us in a body. And, and just as we were praying earlier on too, uh, the, the old hymn came to mind in the light of perhaps last night's news and everything else that's going on. And you may be... <laughs> Yeah, just wondering about it all and how are you going to cope? And this hymn says this, He giveth more grace when the burdens grow greater. He sendeth more strength when the labors increase. He, to added affliction, he addeth his mercy. And to multiplied trials, his multiplied peace. His love has no limit. His grace has no measure. His power has no boundary known unto men. For out of his infinite riches in Jesus... He giveth, he giveth, and he giveth again. And as we look at the Christmas story, we're going to be just thinking about how God has given to us in Jesus and how that there is indeed hope in him. Uh, when Sam spoke last week, he spoke about that promised hope that had been, the, uh, that had been there through all the centuries, uh, that hope that was longed for, uh, by the people of God in Israel. And today we're going to be talking about how that hope was fulfilled in Jesus. Hope is an essential component of life. We are, we are wired for it. It's necessary for us. It envisions us. It, it stirs us. It, it motivates us to, to keep moving forward in the most difficult of circumstances. And when we lose it, we are in trouble as hopelessness and despair set in. The old proverb is true, hope deferred makes the heart sick. The dictionary defines hope as a desire accompanied by expectation of something, of, of belief in its fulfillment. Uh, uh, hope in someone or something on which our hopes are centered or something desired or hoped for. And an archaic understanding is the, the sense of it being a, a means a, a whereby we trust, we, we have reliance. Uh, this year, COVID-19 and the subsequent lockdowns and reactions have struck a blow to uh, what we deem to be the normal way of life. And it's changed life for us all, quite unexpectedly. Sadly, lives have been lost. People have lost their jobs. Isolation has caused untold mental and emotional turmoil. Diagnoses and treatments have been delayed. And we're no longer certain of, the, of what tomorrow will actually look like. Hope has been offered and, and then deferred and offered and then deferred more than once. And with a vaccine now available, a measure of hope has returned. But even with the announcement yesterday, there's kind of, it's like it's been squashed yet again. When we think of Christmas and we, we think of the Christmas cards and the, the tinsel, the, the carols sung in beautiful arrangements, the, the feasting and the fun and the, the lights and the presents, it's easy perhaps to think that Christmas took place in a world so different from ours, a world that was idyllic in so many different ways. That things somehow were, were better for them than they are for us. And yet, 
the reality is when you go and do the history, it wasn't so. It was a world of uncertainties, just like our world. A world of oppression and injustice. A world where the, the powers that be controlled your, your way of, of thinking and living out life. A world where a step out of place could even lead to the loss of life. A world where sickness and disease frequently meant loss of life. A world bogged down by sin and bound by it. A world of great darkness and lacking hope. And a world where the prophetic voice was no longer being heard. And this is where the Christmas story is really so powerful. As we heard from Sam last week, over the years, over the centuries, God had made promises that one day he would come, one day he would intervene. This was not as God intended it to be. One day he would send a deliverer, a messiah. He would intervene to bring light into the darkness, to deliver those in bondage, to, to redeem, to restore, to bring justice to the oppressed and set the captives free and guide in the paths of peace. When we step into the New Testament drama, the, the dra into the New Testament, the drama suddenly unfolds. After 400 years of almost complete silence, of wondering and, and waiting and longing, suddenly there's a dramatic outburst of, of heavenly activity, of, of angels and prophets and signs in the heavens. It's a, t a story that I never grow tired of. I grew up in a Christian home, which I'm thankful to God for. And I, I came to know Jesus in, in my teens, and I've known this story all of my life, and I love this story. And every year as I come back to it, it fills me again with, with fresh joy and fresh hope and fresh vigor. And as we think about this story, we, we think of an old lady who has never conceived and was way beyond the age of conception, the possibility of ever having a child. And, and suddenly she's told that she's going to have a baby. And he, he will be the forerunner of Jesus himself, of the Messiah. And then another person, a young woman who has never had a sexual relationship, is suddenly told by the, the Holy Spirit that the Holy Spirit will come upon her and the power of the Most High will overshadow her and she will conceive. And, and that this child would be like every other child and yet unlike every other child. He will be holy and great and the Son of the Most High. He will be called the Son of God. And his name was, would be called Jesus because he would, be, he would save his people from their sins. And not only that, he would be a king forever on David's throne. I mean, it's just a staggering story. Suddenly there's a, lot, a whole lot of divine momentum going on here after so many years of quietness. Elizabeth, when she's pregnant with John the Baptist, says that when Mary, who was pregnant with Jesus, came to visit her, the baby leapt in her womb for joy. John, in his mother's womb, knew who Jesus was in his mother's womb, and he leapt for joy. He was the forerunner of Jesus. He knew what Jesus was about. And there prophet, follow prophetic utterances as to the, the nature and the role of these two babies, all rooted in God's Old Testament promises, the hope that he had promised long ago. And that 
first Christmas day, there, there was a group of shepherds out in the field just doing their thing, looking after their sheep like they did for day after day, month after month, year after year, day and night, all kinds of weathers. There they were out in the fields looking after their sheep when suddenly an angel appears. I mean, can you imagine this? You're going about your work just like you have done on any other day, and suddenly an angel appears to you. They have never seen one before. The shock, the fear that suddenly enters their hearts as this angel appears to them. What is this about? What is going on here? And the angel, realizing their fear, says, Fear not, for I have come to bring you good news of great joy, which shall be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Well, they had never heard news like this before. They'd never had an angel turn up on their workshop before, and they had never heard news like this. This was, this was staggering. And the amazing thing is, you never know when God will turn up. And it may be that you've been in a period of waiting and longing and wondering and, and so on, and, and you've been wanting to God, God to turn up in some way. And I want to encourage you to, to stay believing. I want to encourage you to live in hope. Because the God of the Bible is an interventionist God. A God who comes to rescue and deliver, to, to renew and, uh, and, and give us new impetus to life. And as this angel is speaking and, and, and talking to the shepherds, suddenly with him there appears a whole host of angels. And they break out in the most, what must have been the most glorious chorus of perfect harmonies. Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth, goodwill to men. This was something to, to be proclaimed. This was something to be celebrated. We might well ask the question, why? Why was this such good news? They were, this was good news of great joy, which would be for all people. Well, they lived in a world that, just like ours, that is full of bad news. Life was difficult. It was trying. There was loads of injustice. Sickness and disease were a problem. There were so many issues within the world in which they lived, just like ours. Their world was full of bad things and bad news. And we only have to open our newspapers. We only have to turn on our televisions to realize that it's bad news that sells. It's never good news. And so our world is filled with, with bad news of all the things that are going on in different parts of the world. But this was good news, and it was good news because it was bringing an answer to them that they had long waited for. An answer that was totally unexpected at this moment in time. And it would be good news of great joy. It would bring them a joy that they had never known. Oh, they had known joys of different kinds in different ways, as we do in the day and age in which we live. But this was going to be a totally different kind of joy. It was going to be a, a great joy. So many of the, the joys that are on offer today are, are momentary. They're, they're fleeting and they're, they're hardly great. And there's almost a joy in joy today, which is kind of empty and goes nowhere. 
and just dissipates. But this was going to be a, a great joy, a joy that would stay with them, a joy that would lead them through life, a joy that would be with them as they were ushered into eternity. And it was good news of great joy for all people. This gospel, this good news has no sense of discrimination to it whatsoever. It didn't matter whether you were a Jew or a Gentile. This was for you. And wherever you are today, I want to encourage you. This is for you. God loves you. Jesus came for you. Jesus lived for you. Jesus died for you. Jesus rose again for you. There's no discrimination in the gospel. And he bids you come. Even this morning, this afternoon, whatever time of day you may be tuning in to this message. So good news. It was good news. And we love good news. And it was great joy. And we love, to, we love joy. We were made for joy. We were not made for misery and, and discontent. We were made for joy. God created us for himself. The chief end of man is that he may enjoy God and glorify him forever. We were made for great supreme joy but joy that is found in him. It's for all people. It's for whoever is tuning in at this moment in time. Why? Because today a Savior was born. doesn't matter who we are, where we come from, what our background, we, we all need one. Whether rich or poor, educated or uneducated, whether we're first world, second world, or third world as the terms go, Whatever our education, whatever our social, social welfare, whatever the money in people's pockets. And, and today there's been so much emphasis perhaps on those things. Education, so, social welfare, more money in people's pockets, better living conditions. But as good as they are, they cannot solve our ultimate predicament. And that predicament the Bible describes in this way. It says we've all sinned and fallen short of God's glory. We are all in some way dead in our trespasses and sins. And as such, we are condemned. We are without hope. We are trying to find our way in a, in a dark world. But this, this good news tells us that Jesus came for us. He came, he, it's a demonstration of God's love. It says God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Jesus came because there is a God in heaven who is love, who, who made us for himself and that loves us like nobody else does. And he commends that love to us in Jesus in a way that is absolutely fantastic. It is so high, it's so wide, it's so deep, it's so long. It's just an amazing, staggering love that the, the God of heaven should love you, should love me in this way that his own son... Uh, who is co-equal with him, his own son should take on human flesh, should be consumed in the womb of somebody that he has created and live here as part of his own creation. Such is the nature of the love of God. To us, a Savior has been born. And uh, the good news is that he came to, to deal with our sin. He came to pay the price for it. Jesus was born to die. He was born to die a death like no other. It would be a death that involved all that was wrong about us in our relationship to God or our broken relationship with God. 
And that has to do with our sin. That has to do with our rebellion. It has to do with what is wrong inside of us, whereby we find it easier to do the wrong rather than the right. And so he comes to pay the price for our sin. And as we know, the story goes on to the Easter story where he dies upon a cross, paying that price for our sin, dying in our place. And what a, what a joy that is to know sin's forgiven. What a joy that is to know that I am clean through and through. What a joy that is to know that through having my sins forgiven, my conscience cleansed, I have a relationship now with the eternal God and I'm entitled to call him my father, our father. What a joy that is for us. But he not only came to deal with our sin, he also came to save us from the lives that we were living and transform our, our way of thinking about ourselves and the world that we find ourselves in. And, and this is something perhaps that is so often forgotten in the Christmas message. In, in coming in human flesh, Jesus changed the idea of what it meant to be human. Suddenly, people will begin to think about human life in a totally different and radical way. A way that would lead us to understand that life was not just some kind of life like any other kind of life. That it wasn't an animal kind of life. That there was a sacredness to life. And that the outcome of this would be it would lead to hospitals and orphanages, to, cha to charities and to education. It was what marked out the ethics, and as it marked out the ethics in the West since that very day, and today, sadly, is under attack. Even the atheist Richard Dawkins has acknowledged that the world needs religion, a belief in God, in order to have a basis of morality. The coming of Jesus not only saves us from our sin, but transforms our thinking about who we are as humans in this moment in time and the way we should be relating to one another and caring for one another. And so also it challenged the, the multiple stories that existed within that world of the gods of, of polytheism and so on and, and set in motion a, a new way of thinking about the world, that there was indeed one God who was creator and sustainer, one God who had revealed himself in Jesus and come in Jesus and lived in human flesh and changes the way we think about our, our humanity, a God who holds the future in his hands. None of us knows exactly what the future is going to be like, but the God who promised a Savior and fulfilled it in Jesus 2,000 years ago is also the God of the future and has promised that one day he will come again. One day he will make all things new. But meanwhile, we live in this moment of tension. We live in this moment of time. That overlap of the ages while we wait for the, the ultimate fulfillment to come. But because of that first Christmas, the world has been changed forever. Because of that first Christmas, the world has been changed forever. And today, he offers forgiveness. Today, he offers the, the cleansing of our consciences. Today, he offers the renewal of our minds. 
Today, he offers us peace and joy. And not only that, he offers us a a daily hope, as he is the one who is able to save and keep on saving, and gives us a reason and a hope for all our tomorrows. My own mother is 94 years old. She is very ill. Her 95th birthday is tomorrow. She may very well not see it. And just being with her and watching her as she ebbs towards those final hours is painful because of human loss. But the other side to that is she knows Jesus. She knows Jesus. She has met the living Christ and she knows Jesus and she has that peace in our heart and mind and she has that assurance of sins forgiven and she has that hope of eternal life. And I know that when she eventually passes from this life, she will go to be with her Savior. As Paul said, for me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. We live in a world that is fearful of death, and we want to postpone it. And surely, yes, God has given us life, but he has also given us hope in death, because Christ has come and lived and died and rose again and lives today at the Father's right hand and is our hope and assurance of heaven. And so we have hope in Jesus for all our tomorrows, but we have hope in Jesus for eternity as well. Hallelujah. Now I want to ask you as I draw to a close this morning, as the band comes up, as we draw to a close, do you know him? Do you know him? Maybe you're somebody who's kind of lost your way through this year and you've been wondering what life is all about and Maybe you've just tuned in this morning for the first time. I want to commend Jesus to you as the answer, as the one who can speak hope into your life. I want to commend him to you as the one who is able to forgive you. Yes, it may be that you think, I am just too bad. God knows, and Jesus came for you. He lived for you and he died for you. It may be that you're a prodigal. Maybe you grew up in a Christian home. It may be that you used to go to church, and, uh, but today you, you've wandered away somewhere and, um, and you've just wondered, would God really have me back? Would he really have me back? Go and read the story of the prodigal son. Yes, he will. And he bids you come today. He says, come back, my child. I love you. I forgive you. Come And find that place in my home. Whoever you are, wherever you are watching this, I want to tell you there is hope in Jesus. Both hope in this life and hope eternal. I want to end with the words of Paul where he says in Romans 15 verse 13. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you believe 
so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.